Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So the, the passage that we just read, it says, No man having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is, is better. And Christ also gives this message that no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins shall be destroyed, but the new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And then he concludes, no man also having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is, is better. Not too long ago, my kids were asking me about um, what my, my favorite car is, what my dream car is. And I didn't have to think very long. I told them my, my dream car is a 1969 Ford Mustang convertible. It's a beautiful piece of machinery. Um, they said, you know, they were asking like, why, why wouldn't you want a newer car? And I said, one of the things that I love about those old cars is that it's before all the computers were in there. And like, it's just, it's raw Mechanics and they well, someone said to me, they're like, yeah, but you you don't understand like the uh, the, the the noise and the the uh, the way like the cars feel the road and the way that the machinery uh, shakes. And so I was thinking about it, and like it is a beautiful piece of machinery, but you know, there's some things that I would certainly miss. Um, my my Apple CarPlay, I would definitely miss having that. You couldn't put one of those that probably in those old cars because it needs like needs the computer. Um, also, the the kind of redirecting the uh, the the driving when you slightly start going off track. Uh, kind of you know in the new cars, m- many of you have it. It kind of pulls you back in, right? It pulls you right back in. Um, I would also miss my power locks and my power windows very much. I don't know if any of you have one of those old cars that you had to crank the window up and down. Um, You would get a good workout. That was always arms day, like every day was arms day, Um, trying to crank the window up and down. So I was like, it'd be kind of cool if you could have like some of the, the new computer stuff in an old car. But the reality is, it won't go together, right? I mean, you, you have to have the system as a unit, right? You have the old car with all of the beauty of it and all of the, the niceties of it with all of the limitations of it. And the nice thing is some of the new cars, they also they have so much beauty and elegance um, and they, the way they, they ride the road and the way they, the, the driving experience is so different. Uh, and I will tell you that um, as I was, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, you, it'd be nice to try to mesh them, but it just, it doesn't work. And that's what Jesus is telling us this morning with this parable that he gives of the old wine with trying to put them in new wineskins or new wine in old wineskins is the point that our Lord really focuses in on. So what is the, the old wine? 
the old wine is the law. And the old wineskins is the system, the form that carries the law, which is the works, right? Now, the new wine is grace, and the new wine skins, like the, the wine has to go in something, right? Has to form into something, and it goes into new wineskins. We'll talk about what those new wineskins are. The challenge is that, like, when we look at the law versus grace, it's important that we understand that law is, law says, do this, and God will do this, right? You have to do this. You sacrifice these pigeons, for instance, and God will forgive you your sins, right? Or because you've sinned, you come and offer these specific things. sacrifices. Uh, If it was an accidental sin, for instance, you can offer a specific sacrifice and God will forgive these things here, right? Whereas grace says, if law says you do this and God will do this, grace says God did this, so I will enter into this, right? I will enter into this life of what God has done. Now let's talk about, for just a minute, grace, trying to squeeze grace, the new wine, into the old wineskins, and then trying to squeeze the law into praxis. If law says, well, I'll do this so that God will do this, that leads to legalism. That leads to legalism, right? If we simply approach God and say, I am going to try to um, please God, so I'm going to do all of these things, right? And I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to read, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do all these sorts of things. That ultimately leads to legalism, which is us simply trying to uh, approve ourselves to God and earn something from Him, okay? That's legalistic. On the flip side... If we understand grace and we enter into this relationship of grace, but all we're doing is focusing on the works aspect and trying to accumulate as many of these things as possible, what that can ultimately lead us to is rigidity. Okay, Rigidity where we understand this form and we do it this way because we want to experience the grace of God. Okay, Now, those two things are not what we want to be aiming for. You can't squeeze grace into works, nor can you squeeze law into like an orthodox understanding of praxis, if you will, or Christian praxis. I want to give you one, like usually what happens, guys, is when we see this like rigidity or legalism, what's our reaction? We say, you know what? I just want God's grace. The form doesn't matter. What I do doesn't matter. Okay, but it does. It does. Okay, otherwise, um, otherwise, all of the praxis that we find throughout Scripture wouldn't be wouldn't be written there. Okay, so the challenge sometimes is because we may have experienced or witnessed or seen legalism, or we've witnessed and experienced rigidity either in our own lives or the lives of others. We may reject practice. Orthopraxis, like fasting, for instance, or praying. I, I, there was a young uh, woman that I was serving many years ago in Queens. 
She came, this was 2008. She comes to me, she says, you know, I feel like I've become very legalistic. I've become very rigid in my spirituality. And um, she prayed the Akbay every day. And she said to me, this week I'm not praying the Akbay. And I said, okay. She goes, what? I said, okay, come back to me next Friday. So she shows up next Friday. She's in shambles, right? She's in shambles. She goes, I don't, like, I can't pray, right? The issue here, guys, is not the form, right? It's not the form. It's the where the heart was being directed to. Are you all with me? So trying to just throw off and say the issue is with the form. The issue is not with the form. The issue is the direction of the heart, the movement of the heart. Fasting is another one. Like we've become very abstract in our expression of fasting. For instance, well, I'm fasting, but I'm having chicken. Like I'm fasting, but chicken. Or I'm fasting, but, you know, I've got to have heavy cream in my coffee. I've got to have, I just can't have my coffee without heavy cream. Guys, it's important to understand that with fasting, with prayer, there's always been a form. There's always been this understanding of, of praxis that are there. In the first century, let me take you back. If there was like, if the, the whole practice of, of fasting is legalistic, then heaven forbid Jesus was a legalist. Because Jesus himself said, when you fast, don't fast like this, right? So, so the issue is not with fasting because Jesus clearly was not... Legalists, right? John 1 says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, through the word. So the issue is not with fasting. We know also that there was a form in the Old Testament, right? That in the book of Ezekiel, I believe it is, it talks about specific types of food and quantities of food. So, so the issue is not in the form. It's in the trajectory, the movement of the heart. It's in the direction that we as Christians, where are we directing? What are we interacting with when we pray? Clearly, the issue is not with prayer, right? Are you guys with me? Like, there's no problem with standing up and praying the Agbeya. There's no problem in praying the Lord's Prayer. There's no problem in standing up and praying uh, a, like a personal prayer, right? But we've all had those experiences at time where our heart is far from the Lord when we're praying. Our heart is far from the Lord when we're just Fasting. That is trying to take new wine and put it into old wineskins or vice versa. Okay? That's not combining the two. It's, it's not taking these things and directing them into a relationship with Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria. He says, those who live according to the law can't receive the institutions of Christ. You can't, one who is simply trying to take an Old Testament, I'm going to do this in order to get this from God. Even if you fast and pray the way the church fasts and prays, you won't be able to enter into the riches of the grace of God. That is the institution. The institution is the work of God's grace in our life. The problem, again, is not the, the wineskins. It's what are we trying to squeeze together? And what Christ here is very much telling us is there is a delight that we have to the old thing. Because the old thing is I do this and God does this. 
And what that necessarily does is puts us in control. And we all like to be in control. We all like to direct. We like it simple, right? We like forms that are comfortable for us. Some people have become very uncomfortable with any kind of form. I'm going to fast how I want to fast. I'm not going to fast if I don't want to fast. I'm going to read what I want to read. I don't want to read, so I'm not going to read. I'm going to pray, but I don't want to pray that. I'll pray this. You pray that. Like, so many people become very uncomfortable with any kind of form. But if you take new wine, the grace of God, and there's no wineskins, it's going to spill everywhere. Right? It needs a form to carry it. And that form is there so that we can drink and delight in the grace of God in our life. Lest we make the mistake of thinking that the practices of the church are themselves necessarily the cause of legalism. They're not. The forms of the church prayer and fasting, these are things that Christ instructed us to do. Serving one another, offering, these are things that Jesus told us to do. These are things that the first, second, third century church was doing. The issue is not in the form itself. It's where is our heart? while we're doing such things? Am I, am I looking for newness of life? Am I prepared to respond to the grace of God in my life when it comes to me? When I'm entering into a season of fast or coming out of a season of fast, because we've got two days left of this season that we're in, am I directing my heart? Am I entering into the presence of the living God when I'm fasting? Am I doing the same when I'm praying? And quite frankly, y'all, am I doing that when I come to liturgy as well? We describe the Eucharist as the sacrament of sacraments. It's the apex of the place where God delivers his grace to us. And there's this beautiful form called the liturgy. If you ever show up to church and you say, man, like today liturgy was amazing. It's not because the form changed. It's because that your heart was prepared to enter into dialogue with the Savior. You were prepared to enter into a relationship with the grace of God that morning. The form is the same. The grace is the same. The issue is not the form or certainly the nature of God's grace. It's that we have to be sure, like Levi in this morning's gospel, that when Jesus says, follow me, we immediately get up, we leave everything, and we go with him. We're prepared for newness of life. And that's what new wine and new wineskins will do for us. I want to encourage you this morning, as we continue with the liturgy, understand that the liturgy is new wine, new wineskins. God's giving his grace to us in a form that makes sense for us to be able to receive it. Law says, God did this, or I'm going to do this, so God will do this. No, you say, God, I'm here. You've done this, and I want to enter into that thing that you've done. I want to enter into this living union with you. That's what it is that God's grace has done. God became man so that we might enter into a union, living union with the Lord himself. He makes that available for us. If we leave here this morning any less than that, please understand the issue is not in the system. 
The issue is not in the grace. It's not in the, it's not in the, the means or the form. It's that my heart, my mind, I'm not coming prepared to be in union with him. And if so, then we're no different than the Pharisees that Jesus interacted with this morning. Who looked and said, how come your, how come your disciples don't do this and John's disciples do this? And he said, the bridegroom is present and you're missing it. Matthew, Levi, saw the bridegroom when he called, when Jesus called him, follow me. He got up and he immediately followed him. I want to assure you that the grace of God is present this morning. The word of God himself is in our midst. He's here. It's very lovely when people oftentimes will say like, I really enjoy interacting with God in nature. That's wonderful. Beautiful. Okay. No, no, but I get it so much more when I'm um, interacting with God in nature. Okay, that's good. God's grace is available. Okay? But if we simply take one form and say, well, that's the way, that's the place, then we're limiting the greatest of all gifts that's available to us. Entering into a union with God that He offers to us. I, I really, I pray this morning that as we stand, we pray. If you didn't come prepared to receive communion this morning, I would still encourage you as you stand and you pray that you ask the Lord, Lord, I'm here to be in fellowship, in union with you. I want to enter into what it is that you have done. I want my life, my body, to become a manifestation of that new wineskin. Where the new wine, the life of joy, of celebration, of freedom from sin, is revealed through a life well lived unto the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom is all glory and honor and dominion, now and forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.